We meet today in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 to verse 27. Actually, this chapter continues the subject that we started in chapter 6. The whole thought is to beware of a woman with easy morals. The usual introduction with its commendation of wisdom as a guide for life is followed by a vivid description of the seduction of a young man by a married woman. The victim in this case is a young man, that is what verse 7 tells us, who is so naive and untaught in moral discipline. He is at the wrong place at the wrong time. The description of the harlot is vivid. She has the attire of a harlot, which gives her intentions away. Her character is loud and stubborn, and her movements are all about town. She uses shock treatment, tells him that the time is ideal, a religious holiday, and the place is ideal, a luxurious bedroom. Finally, the good man, that is the husband, is not at home, so there is nothing to fear. The one who so yields is like an ox that goes to the slaughter. Since the father realizes that his son could yield to the same temptation, he admonishes his son to protect his heart and mind. Before the time of temptation actually comes, the destiny of those who commit such a sin is death or else a missing out on the real joy of married love. The real intimacy and the pleasure that God intends in the marital act is forfeited in the adulterous relationship. So this comes as a warning. The father is instructing the son. Proverbs chapter 7 verse 1 to verse 4 begins. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live, and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin. Isn't this wonderful? The young man here is asked to keep these laws as the apple of his eye. The expression apple of your eye is literally little man of your eye, and it refers to one's reflection in the eye of another. It refers then to constant attentiveness and care. So the young man is told, be attentive, be careful. You need to be wise. The same expression is even used in Psalm 17 verse 8, to translate the literal expression, daughter of your eye, and in Zechariah 2, verse 8, get of your eye. Literally, he is to keep them as the little pupil in his eye, or as the little man in his eye. Consider and take care. The pupil is the light of the eye and very precious. To damage it is to spend one's life in darkness. In like manner, 
the teaching of the wise men is precious. To fail to appreciate and appropriate it personally is to risk a life spent in darkness. And we are told here, bind them upon your fingers. This is a way of indicating that these teachings should be forever before men's eyes. A literal interpretation of these commands in Exodus 13 verse 9 and Deuteronomy 6 verse 8 led to the use of prayer fillets and amulets among the Jewish people. Texts of scripture were copied, enclosed in a leather case, and tied to forehead and arm at the time of prayer. The amulets for the left arm was wound around it seven times, and then seven times around the middle finger. This is the understanding that's coming. Bind them upon your fingers. Solomon admonishes the importance of writing these commandments upon the heart as well. For the man of wisdom, the commandments of God are not merely external ornaments, but rather truths to be assimilated and joined to the very being of a man in order that he may have an effectual voice in all he purposes to do. This deep relationship with wisdom as one skinsman, the only safeguard to the sensuous offerings of the strange woman. The kinsman was the member of the family group who protected other members from the open disgrace of poverty. Wisdom alone can protect us from the disgrace of impious relationships with the strange woman. And this indeed is a wonderful warning. Having said that, he is now going to get right down to the cases. What is going on? Proverbs 7 verse 5, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. You see, he takes an illustration out of life. And the illustration that comes out of life is given here in Proverbs chapter 7 verse 6 to verse 9. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice, and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice. And so among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. You see, this young man is taking a walk on the wrong street with the clarity of an eyewitness Solomon brings before us a sin that has been duplicated thousands of times. 
The young man is once again besieged to consider with care the dangers that accumbin fraternizing with the strange woman. You see, don't go, don't go on the wrong path. And that is showing you lack understanding. You see, Solomon from his window beholds the simple one, literally the inexperienced one, a person not yet vicious but eager to expand his exposure to the things of this world. He is near a corner, and the punctuation represents the corner as hairs, possibly the corner of her house, referring to the strange woman. It is the place where she habitually stalks her prey, and the young man, knowing this eagerly, seeks to encounter her. In the black and dark night, he seeks to establish conduct. That's a wrong practice to do, my friend. In fact, when you know of a place where these evil people pry and play, don't go to the place. If you don't want the devil's fruit, stay out of his orchard. Why did he walk into the orchard of the evil woman? Proverbs 7 verse 10 to verse 14. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. She was loud and rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside at times in the open square, lurking at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him. With an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I have paid my vows. Notice that she is even religious. She leads him to believe that she is right with God. I have peace offerings with me. I have paid my vows. She sounds to me more like a temple prostitute, actually. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 15. So I came out to meet you, diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. What flattery is coming out of this woman's mouth? In other words, she says, I've been looking for you all my life, and at last I have found you. And foolishly, the man accepts it. And he is listening. Listen to Proverbs 7, verse 16 to verse 20. I have spread my bed with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home 
on the appointed day. This adulteress here actually tells this young man that her husband is away. She even tells him that she is a married woman and this man is listening. That is a simple one indeed. You can also see that this woman was a woman of means. Her home is appointed with expensive furnishings and her bedroom is scented with imported fragrances. She assures her prey that the man of the house is out of, of town and won't be back until a certain day. Here is Proverbs 7, verse 21 to verse 23. With her enticing words, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stalks, till an arrow struck his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. With her enticing words, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stalks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. What a picture. The man is enticed. And it is simply by the sweet speech with the flattering lips and he goes for his destruction. He is killed. What a picture this is. Now he gives the warning. The warning comes from the wise men. Proverbs 7 verse 24 to verse 27. Now therefore listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. You see, this is now the warning coming to say if you are a wise person paying attention to wisdom, you need not to go her ways. Wisdom instruction is addressed to the heart, to the mind or will of men because the basis decisions which control the flow of men's life are made in the willing center. The optimism of the text actually resides in the emphasis on the man's ability to make right decisions. Sobering, however, is the conclusion. Many strong men have been slain by her, and the chambers of her house are in reality the chambers of death. This warning is to be taken literally, and there is also a spiritual application for you and for me today. The scriptures have a great deal to say about spiritual adultery. God called it that when his people left him and went after 
other gods, after idols. They were snared by idolatry. They were brought into subjection. They departed from the living and true God. They were to be joined to him, but they had separated from him. They were actually playing the harlot. They were being unfaithful and untrue to him. That is a spiritual idolatry, what Hosea talks about in his book. Today we have many cults and isms, false types of worships, and all types of false religions are around us. For example, one may say, you don't need any longer to follow Christ as you are following him today. You don't need to trust him alone as your savior. What you need is to join our group and do certain things. That is spiritual adultery. Let me emphasize that you must be absolutely, utterly cast upon Jesus Christ as your only savior. The law was never given to save. The law is good. But there is something wrong with us, and only Christ can save us. When we turn from our own efforts, from our own works, and turn to him, we can be saved. But some people will say, you know, you need Christ plus a little extra something. Christ has said that we are to keep his commandments if we love him. And his commandments are not grievous. We are to love one another. We are to be filled with the Spirit of God. We are to witness to the world. Those are his commandments today. We are joined to a living Christ. You see, we live on a higher plane. The fruit of the Spirit should be evident in our hearts and our lives. Today, there is that flattering ism and that flattering cult made up like a woman out of the street. The woman of the street, she is flattering and she is calling men and women. This old girl is busy today. She knocks at your door and hands out trucks. She meets you everywhere. She is a prostitute. She wants to take you away from Christ. She wants to bring you into her system. Oh, my friend, that spiritual prostitute is out on your street today. She even comes into your own home by way of a radio or television trying to lure you. We are told that to follow her is like an ox going to a slaughter. It is like a fool going to the correction of the stocks. All that we may not settle for anything less other than the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Savior. There is no other name given under the sun whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus, we are saved. In my judgment, this is the finest picture we have of the cults and false religions that we have around us. Like the prostitute, they all are dressed up, and some of them are very attractive, alluring, offering something to men that will actually destroy him and send him to hell and take him away from Jesus Christ, the lover of souls. Be careful of the false teachers. They are there. Some of them even, although putting on an appearance of righteousness, an appearance of godliness, have actually denied the power of the gospel, have actually denied Christ. There are many of them. And they are dressed in 
sheep's clothes when they are inside wolves. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.